This is the University of Georgia Griffin News, brought to you over WKU AM 1450, 102.3 FM, The Rock 88.9 FM, and stream live on WKURadio.com. This program is to update our listeners on the many and exciting things at the University of Georgia Griffin with Dr. Lou Honeycutt and his guests. The program is made possible by Frank and Carolyn Harris of Round Oak Resources Tree Farms and Murray and Company Realtors. And now today's program with Dr. Lou Honeycutt. Well, good morning, Griffin, Spalding, and the surrounding area. This is the Griffin Campus News, and I am Lou Hunica, and we're, again, always just, uh, thankful for our sponsors uh, of this show. It's a great show, and then I have a, the great pleasure. I say this a lot of times, but I mean it more sincerely today than, than a lot of times, maybe. <laughs> I have an incredibly good friend of mine on the uh, show with me today, and also happens to be the president of Southern Crescent Technical College. It's Dr. Alveda Thomas. Welcome to the show. Good morning, and it is a delight to be here. Um, Lou. Um, I share um, uh, going the other way. I consider Lou Honeycutt uh, one of the greatest um, and certainly enjoy the partnership that we have shared um, while in Griffin and Spalding County. And so I am delighted to be here and I look forward to sharing today. That's awesome. Let's just stop now. That was really good. Stop on a bright note. No. So, Alveda, what we do on the show, normally we're going to talk in just a minute, but we always like to hear the life story first of how the guests got to the seat in, mm-hmm. in time. So let's talk from childhood on. Oh, wow. Let's just talk Alveda's life yeah. story. Oh, wow. Alveda's <laughs> life story. Um, it could be a little boring. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, um, I, I have a, a, a kind of an interesting background in terms awesome. of, of getting here. I didn't um, come the traditional pathway, okay. uh, if you will. I grew up uh, in Montgomery, Alabama. Um, my mother was a teacher. Um, my great-grandmother was a teacher, and I hold dear her teaching certificate from 1896, oh, believe wow, it or not, in Lee cool. County, Alabama. She was a certified teacher. And so education is in the DNA, but it was something that I kind of resisted and said, you know, that's not the route <laughs> I, I, I want to take because um, I saw my mom burn out as a teacher. Sure. And then she sought another career later on. And so I said, okay, I'm not going to do that. But it kept calling me, kept calling me. And so I, I was raised in Montgomery, Alabama. I attended Alabama State University, um, got my bachelor's there, um, then went to Clark Atlanta University, and majored in political science. Really? And I didn't yes, know that. Political, awesome. I'm, a, poli- I'm a, a political scientist by training. I say that all the time. Um, I got my master's in political science from Clark Atlanta University. And that was a great experience. I thought I wanted to go to law school. Okay. But I was a Southern girl. And I decided I wasn't going to pay to go to law school. <laughs> <laughs> and the only place that was offering money for a Southern girl to go to law school was in the Midwest. Okay. Or in the Northeast. And I, I went to visit. I visited in Iowa, and the climate was cold. They called me from Sarah Cruz, New York. I looked at some pictures. I said, that's not the place to be either. And so I just did graduate school at Clark Atlanta University. I interned on Capitol Hill for a little while, worked on the Ways and Means Committee. Very cool. So learned I didn't quite have the appetite for politics. That wasn't going to work for me. You know, you learn a lot. Um I worked for the Department of Defense, had a very interesting job. Good I, was, night. I didn't know I, any of this about um, you. This is awesome. I was a declassification archivist. Wow. Which means I got to review um, military documents and determine when they could be declassified and released to the public. Oh, that's cool. So, so I have a lot of questions for you about things in history here in a minute. I might have to kill you if I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so I had an interesting pathway, but as it turns out, my... Um, a career with the Department of Defense is really what led to this trajectory. Um, the Department of Defense has a very standardized way of training, and so I was familiar with that training, and I needed a job. Um, my husband works in retail, in retired retail, and he moved a lot. Okay. And so I had to look for jobs a lot. And so when I looked for um, a job as we were settling in the Atlanta area, I applied for a job at then a Department of Technical and Adult Education. Okay. And they liked my Department of Defense background. And the um, 
Department of Technical and Adult Education is now the Technical College System of Georgia. Oh, very cool. So really cool. So I got to work in the system office as a program coordinator. Wow. So because they liked my curriculum development background that I'd sure. gotten in the military. And so that's kind of what started this trajectory. And um, I remember sitting in my first president's meeting um, and looking around in the the group it was an all-white male group, believe it or not. <laughs> and so you can imagine when that was. I'm not going to tell my age. but and, and sure. it really wasn't that long ago when you think about it. It was about 20 years ago. Sure. And um, I remember looking at them saying, I am not in that picture, but they are making decisions about people like me. Sure. So they're making decisions that impact women. They're making decisions that impact minorities. But I don't see anybody like that in the picture. Wow. And I didn't realize that I kind of said it out loud. <laughs> and this lady, this lady that was sitting next to me said, she said, I know you're right, but Ken Breeden is committed to changing that. And Ken Breeden was, the, Breeden was then the commissioner. Okay. And so I watched Dr. Breeden bring in women. And bring in African Americans, and so okay. now the system is very, very diverse. And and the commissioners that um, came after him continue to create the level of diversity that's now in the system. And so I really do feel now that the leadership represents the student body because we have a very, very diverse student body. We have twenty-two sure. campuses across the state of Georgia, so we have the most urban campus and the most rural campus. Wow. Okay. Um, we serve eight counties um, at Southern Crescent and so some of our counties are more rural than others. You know, we get the, the more suburban Henry County sure. and, and Spalding County, but we also have um, Upson and Jasper and Butts counties, Lamar and Pike. And so it, th- being able to come to Southern Crescent Technical College um, and see that diversity and help make decisions and develop programs that support the economies of every county that we serve um, is very humbling for me. And um, I am delighted that the people in our service area have accepted Southern Crescent and that we're able to serve. Because at the end of the day, you and I talk about this a lot. Mm -hmm. It is all about service. Absolutely. And so the service component I think is what gets me up and gets me going every day, knowing that we really are changing lives, providing opportunities where there may not be an opportunity. No, what I think is important today in post-secondary is that there are a variety of options for students. I believe that students and parents need to make well-informed career choices, but they also need to know what the options are. And what I enjoy most about working in this area um, is that there are options. And it's not a one-size-fits-all for everybody. Exactly. And the good news is that people like you, Dr. Lou Honeycutt, and people like Dr. Kirk Nook at Gordon College, we work together. Absolutely. Understanding, as as Kirk calls it, doc, Dr. Nooks calls it, the, the education ecosystem. Right. <laughs> but understanding that we really are all a part of it. And it doesn't matter what, what post-secondary institution our citizens choose as long as they choose one. And as long as they understand that in today's economy, you will have to have something, something. beyond That's high right. school. And so creating those opportunities, I think, has been um, um, awesome. And so I'm delighted to be in this community. I'm delighted to work with uh, UGA Griffin and Gordon College to make sure that the citizens of these communities have options and understand those options. If I haven't said yet, you are so awesome. <laughs> I, I just, you're just you. one of my favorite people, and you know that already. But that, that's so so very well said. It's a mutual feeling. Well, it's and the good news, feeling. and it is, and that you know, a lot of people think, oh, they're probably just saying that, but no, we actually like each other. Yeah, so we do, we do, we do, thing, and we get along very, very well. And same way with Kirk, with yeah. with Doctor Nooks down in Gordon. I mean, it's Absolutely. been a great partnership, and and so you came to Southern Crescent 
Has it been two years? In December 2016, so I'm okay. going, coming up on three on years. three so. years. My God, yeah. the time goes Believe so incredibly yeah. quickly. But, um, and so, which has been incredible, and then you and I met very quickly after that. But So I love that you mentioned the regional component of this because mm-hmm. we do, and you and I and Dr. Nooks have, have sat and talked about this a lot. There's there's plenty to go around. Mm-hmm. There's We just need to – I think um, Katie Castanians has this phrase. She says the genius zone. Yeah. And what they try to do with the student is isolate their aptitude and interest and mm-hmm. call it their genius zone. Mm-hmm. And there are some that are destined to be doctors. There are yeah. some that are destined to be welders. Mm-hmm. You know what? We need ever we, we need, need a, we need all that. Yeah. And so I love the idea that we continue to promote the three of us, mm-hmm. um, Gordon, Southern Crescent, and, and UGA Griffin. Let's just figure out what – there's a place for them, yeah. and we need to keep them here. Mm-hmm. We don't need to educate mm-hmm. them, move them all off. Absolutely. We want them to stay here. Absolutely. So let's find out their genius zone, and it's going to exist at one of our three institutions. Regionally, we, we are so blessed are. to have what we have mm-hmm. in in Griffin, Spalding County, and then with in Lamar, too, or with mm-hmm. Gordon included in the mix. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't happen everywhere. It doesn't. Or if it does, the tech school doesn't talk to the other school, mm-hmm. or the other school doesn't talk mm-hmm. to the tech school, mm-hmm. or whatever. We, we don't have to worry about that. No, we don't. We don't. And you know, we've created opportunities not just for the the leadership to work together, but our teams work very, very exactly. well together. Because at the end of the day, they're the geniuses among us. Exactly. <laughs> We just come up with crazy <laughs> ideas, and they have to implement them. But they work they work extremely well together. And the other thing that I did not mention when I was talking about where I came from, I mean, very important to say that I am a dog. I did get my dog from true. UGA. <laughs> that is true. So, um, so, so that makes it really uh, easy uh, to work with UJ Griffin as well. Well, absolutely. And then you're very humble because in your in your bio, which because you spoke at my graduation, I spoke at your graduation, yeah. and which yeah. has been great. But in your bio, it was in, you know I had to limit it. I mean, I could have written a book or two about just the awards you won or have won and continue to win for being such a leader in. Um, education and with minority women, what well, mm-hmm. you name it. I mean, you're just you've been out there for a long time, and I think that's so incredible. Yeah. So yeah. and and again, you don't. Run, I, I have friends that want to tell everybody about their awards every time you talk to them, and you're not one yeah. of those. <laughs> you know, I truly, I honestly believe, and I, and I say this all the time: uh, unto whom much is given, much is required. Exactly. And so, if, when you are, if you, if I, I live that, and so in living that. It's easy to make it not about self, exactly, and to really be about what you can do for others with those wonderful gifts that have been given unto you. And I really do believe that. I'll tell you a little bit side joke real quick. My father, I make a a mean pound cake, and I'm going to see my father this weekend. I'll make him a cake, (laughs) and he, I have to make that cake for him every time I see him. But he doesn't want to share. And so I have, every time I hand him the cake, and he said, oh, nobody can have any of my cake. I said, unto whom much is given. He said, I don't want to hear that given much is required stuff. And I'm thinking, well, I got it from somewhere. That's true. I love it. That's great. So, yeah, but I do. I really do believe that. And um, um, this, the work that we do for students um, really is about unto whom much is given, much is required. I want to say, if I may, let me say a little Please. bit about Southern Crescent. Absolutely. Because I work with an incredible team of people. You do. It, it is so not about me. It really is about that team. That team um, comes together, and they do a lot for students. Oh, my gosh. You know, we have an internal campaign. I mean, they give generously to the internal campaign. They are 1% givers. Um, so not only do they give of their time and their talent, they add their pocketbook. Exactly. And that speaks volumes. It, it speaks volumes. Does. And then the other thing I have to say about this community, you know, we talked about the education ecosystem, but there's a tremendous amount of business industry support, um, county, state, city support. Um, it, 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 it's, all of that is very, very important when we're trying to make a significant impact on economic and workforce development. Like you said, for the region, it really for is the about region, the region. Exactly. And um, when we pull together our resources as a region, then we can really move forward 
um, bringing strong workforce and economic development to these communities, and that's so important. And, and by 100 percent, is everybody, if they haven't figured out yet, we agree on, I think, I don't have we ever disagreed. You know, I don't know. I don't think we ever disagreed, <laughs> but certainly when we're talking about students, we never would. But um, the, And I agree with everything you just said because we, we are, we're not unique in the, the United States. I mean, mm-hmm. we are losing so many of our young people, yeah. and or we're, they're just kind of falling behind. Mm-hmm. We know poverty levels are high yeah. across the country, and, and there's a mistaken thing that, well, they just don't want to work. Let's get them work. We've talked recently about the transition. How do you get someone into mm-hmm. the workforce? Mm-hmm. There's, there's all kinds of things going on in this community that don't happen everywhere else, that, that there's resources, and there's mm-hmm. even through the library. We attended mm-hmm. a, a meeting, a rotary yeah. meeting at the library the other day where I didn't know Nat was doing all the things she's doing with yeah. life skills training and mm-hmm. to kind of get them ready to come to you or to come to me or someone else. Mm-hmm. So there's so much support in the region, in the community. We just have to help continue to spread the word about that. And to me, and I know you feel this way too, when you see that student that, that walks in, and you get to do this more than I do. I don't get them till they're juniors, so yeah. that you get to see them early on. When you see a student that was probably scared to death to walk in to Southern Crescent, and they have that idea, well, I don't think I can do this. And then two or two and a half years later, they're walking across the stage mm-hmm. with a diploma. Then they have that look what I did look. Yeah. That, to me, is makes what you and I do worthwhile. It's the best time ever. <laughs> and I tell people all the time, the best time I have is at graduation. Exactly. And if you can just imagine what it feels like to graduate from any from kindergarten, from sixth grade, from high school, to at that feeling that you have, that excitement that you have, I get to do that every year. Exactly. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> <laughs> and I got to speak to your group last year. And our we have two a year, and our campus has a small enrollment, so it's a, it's a great ceremony, and I love it too. But I hadn't been to a big one in a while until yeah. I went to yours, and wow, yeah. it was. And my oh. gosh, they go y'all have it so programmed, it is so great. But everyone gets to shake hands, everyone gets to walk across the stage, and that that those grins just don't stop. I mean, it's just everybody's awesome. family gets to see them exactly, walk and that's important. It is important because they put a lot of work into. It. You want to celebrate that success. With the family. I think that's With another point that we mm-hmm. when we talk about in the region. These are families that probably couldn't afford a lot of the times to that's send right. someone to school, but they mm-hmm. choose to do it. It's a family event. It is. And so I love I loved your graduation because there were little kids crying and talk, you know, calling mommy. I mean, but that's what it's all about. That is what it's about. <laughs> so it was a, a, a great – and, of course, your speaker that year was incredibly great. Oh, yeah. incredibly. He, I, he just <laughs> – oh, wait, that was amazing. for a better one. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was a lot of fun to do that in in the big auditorium but um so and so let's get back on track a little bit talk about southern crescent but and a lot of people might be saying out there and they probably do want to add kirk on wait a minute this is the uga griffin news why do we got but but again i i look at it as anything we can do to promote education in the region and Mm -hmm. obviously we all work together but let's talk about programs at southern crescent because people may not understand the difference between Mm -hmm. a uga griffin Mm -hmm. a gordon state college and a southern crescent technical Mm -hmm. college to me it add to the confusion. You're the Griffin campus, and so am I. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there's a little bit of confusion out there. Let's kind of yeah, talk Southern bit. Crescent and and what kind of things you offer. So at Southern Crescent, our mission is workforce development, and so we typically offer programs that will put a student immediately in the workforce, um, like welding, like carpentry. Those are the ones of the traditional vocational programs that. Um, people are accustomed to from a technical college. But what people don't sometimes realize is that over the years, technical colleges have become a lot more sophisticated. And we've become sophisticated because of the jobs. that The jobs have become Absolutely. much more sophisticated. And so in order to address the needs of the workforce, we've had to somewhat evolve. So I tell people, we're not your daddy's Votech. <laughs> anymore. <laughs> well, now we have, you know, highly technical career pathways. And in, in some of them, you wouldn't believe. I mean, if you think about even a plumber, now, you know, people would say, okay, go, you learn to be a plumber, you, you know, you kind of follow behind a plumber to learn plumbing. But even plumbing now is highly technical. Oh my gosh, exactly. When you think about it, I, have, I, I know I had my septic system pump yesterday and I couldn't believe the <laughs> technology that was there. But it's, it, everything 
is high tech now. Even the car, if you think about automotive, oh my we gosh. have an automotive program. The car is a computer now. Exactly. And so the skill requirement is different than it was when it was in the backyard and it was a wrench turn. Exactly. So the the skill level has changed. And so we have evolved with the changing skill level. The jobs have changed. There was a time where a nurse really had to be a bachelor's degree nurse. Right. Well, we have a terrible, terrible shortage of nurses. And so a lot of people don't understand. You can come to a technical college and become a nurse in two years. And so we have an associate degree nursing program, which results in a registered nurse. And a With an incredible building and, and laboratory oh, it, instruction. I yes. mean, it looks like you're walking into the ward of a, a hospital. It's incredible. Yes, yes. yes. And, and that's the other thing we want to do. We want to mirror the workplace. So whatever you will experience when you go to work, we hope that you will experience it while we're training so that you are ready day one when you walk into the door. That's, that's our goal. Sometimes people don't want to go directly to work. <laughs> sure. And they sure. And, but, but and, and sometimes they don't know that until they've come to us. Right. And so in addition to those I'm getting you ready to go to work immediately programs, we also have some programs that will articulate. Absolutely. So we partner with other post-secondary institutions to give our students opportunities to go and get a four-year degree or to get a graduate degree. Um and I think that that's important to have options. So right now, I know I want to be a nurse. I can't afford to do it in four years. i got to right. get it done quickly, exactly. which is what happens with a lot of our students. I need to get it done now. But I can go to work, and I can finish my bachelor's degree nursing. I can go to Southern Crescent, get an associate degree nursing, finish my bachelor's, Sometimes online. Right. Hopefully we'll have an articulation agreement eventually with Gordon so that they can do it with Gordon. And we're working on that. There are some accreditation humps that we have to go over before we can do that. But that's in the plan and in the works. Then then go somewhere. You become a master's degree nurse. But you can work all along the way. And that's what I think is attractive about what we do. Um, And I mentioned nursing, but we also have business programs. And we have consumer economics. We do, don't we? You do and we do, so that's what I'm saying, we. (laughs) Ding, 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 ding. Um, And so consumer economics was especially designed to give students options to go to UGA Griffin. Absolutely. Should they desire to do so. So typically our students will look at consumer economics to help them get prepared for a healthcare program, maybe. But then they get in it and they like it and they keep going. And so they'll graduate from Southern Crescent with an associate's degree in consumer economics and then hopefully move on over to UGA Right across the street. Right across the street (laughs) to finish a bachelor's. And so working together in this region is really what that looks like. We all have a mission, but at the end of the day, if we give students option and opportunity, opportunity first, then options. Absolutely. Then uh, we will have done what we should do. I agree. And the, and the greatest thing about the, what you just said about, and of course the consumer recon is, is dear and dear to my heart as well, but a lot of times in Georgia and other places, the tech school side and the university side don't really communicate they real don't. well. Yeah. In fact, this articulation agreement is one of the first or yeah. one of the few in Georgia, <laughs> but and it took about three years to get it done, <laughs> but the, it, we were all steadfast, in, even in family consumer sciences. For us, the College of Family Consumer Sciences is where it lays at UGA Griffin. They were very supportive and, and really did a lot of the footwork but the greatest thing to me when you when we talk about it is a student in griffin georgia so which if you depending on not to talking to you and i but depending on who you talk to in griffin might not be a good thing to say i'm a student in griffin georgia but i think it's a great thing to say and we're changing that but a student that lives in griffin georgia can graduate from griffin or spalding high go to southern crescent or maybe they're at the college and career academy Mm -hmm. first go to southern crescent and complete a University of Georgia degree mm-hmm. and even a post-secondary or a, a master's or mm-hmm. a, a Ph.D. if they choose to mm-hmm. in Griffin. Yeah. Our goal is for seamless transition. And you mentioned the College and Career Academy. I think that's a very important component of it. We have dual enrollment programs. So we have high school students who are either at the Career Academy or one of the high schools or, or are really attending classes on our campus. So we send teachers 
to high schools to teach or to the Career Academy, and students can come to any one of our campuses uh, as a dual enrollment student if they meet the requirements. And and, and the message I want to get to parents about that is that that's free. It's free, exactly. <laughs> Tuition, that's, that's free. a great message. <laughs> and so if you work it right, you can get two years under your belt as a dual enrollment student. The other thing I want to mention is that um, the technical college system of Georgia and the university system also work collaboratively. And we have a system-wide articulation agreement for some general core classes. Exactly. And so you can almost do your first year of algebra, biology, English, um, um, sociology, psychology, economics, all of those courses at a technical college and then transfer them seamlessly, seamlessly. to a that's university right. system college. And that's already written and inked by by the chancellor and the commissioner. And so that happens in a lot of cases. And, and you mentioned earlier, sometimes kids just can't afford to leave home. Sure. If you can't afford to leave home right now, that's a great option. Oh, my gosh. You. Take those classes and then plan, save to move on to the next level. And they are transferable. And so um, that's a huge message that I don't think we often deliver well enough. I agree. I yeah. Totally. And, and the, you know, to me, I've always told students when I was back in Texas at the community college level, stay at home as long as you can. Yeah. I mean, get, let yeah. mom wash your clothes or dad mm-hmm. wash your clothes and mm-hmm. cook for you and everything else. But also, I, a lot of students today, I'm not going to put a percentage on it because I don't know one, are not prepared for the university life. Right. They're not. And so to me, the more, and, and, and we have, you have great counselors, we have great counselors mm-hmm. and, and uh, assistant uh, or uh, academic affairs people and recruiters, and what one of the goals is to is to try to ascertain from a talk with a student mm. and convince them. You know, you're not quite ready for mm-hmm. for you know University mm-hmm. of Alabama or mm-hmm. wherever mm-hmm. or University of Georgia. Why don't you do the same thing here? Yeah. You can end up with your Harvard degree later yep. on, yep. but we're going to get you number one. It can be free if you're in mm-hmm. high school, and then mm-hmm. you can be less expensive if you're at one of the a smaller college typically. Yeah. Then you can afford to move on mm-hmm. to a big and finish mm-hmm. something big. Yeah. And back in Texas, I would get families say, well, but my student's going to graduate from University of Texas. I'd be like, great. They can. Let them stay here for a while. <laughs> well, but I want them to have a UT degree. Well, they can have yeah. that, but let's get them successful. Let's mature them a little bit and make sure when you send them to Austin, Texas, to get a UT degree that they succeed. You know, I'm very, very proud of my degree from the University of Georgia. Absolutely. But I also have a degree from Alabama State University and one from Clark Atlanta University. So um, th- all those degrees hang on my wall. Absolutely. And um, so I can go anywhere and say, go dogs. Exactly. I can say it only as a worker because I did not go to the University of Georgia, so I'm jealous that you get to say yeah. that forever yeah. and ever. But. So I, I, the the colors run run deep in my blood. Sure. So, yeah. No, I know, and it, and that's what's great about, it. and that's not why we connected and Kirk connected with us no. and we work. You truly have, and, and Dr. Nooks does, and I do this this regional mm-hmm. success. For Griffin, Spalding, and the region kind of thing. And a passion. And, and a passion, passion for, for the it. students. A passion exactly. for the Because that's what it's all about. You know, and the customer's not always right. I mean, mm-hmm. that's I don't I don't take to that. Mm-hmm. But but we try to figure out how they're wrong and fix it. But mm-hmm. but the customer is the student. And mm-hmm. a lot of times I, I heard, and I think it was Katie again, Castanian, that said this, but um, – or it may have been you. I can't remember. What, I say it, it, it all may, the time. But it, the, that um, we need to decide whether we're making the decisions for us or for our customer, which is mm-hmm. the student. And, and I try to do that all the time, but sometimes I catch myself thinking about the solution that's easier for me. Yeah. And then I have to step back and say, wait a minute. That, yeah, that's easier for me, but that is not going to help. You know, Lou, and I tell my, my team this all the time. If you do what's right for students first. First. Everything else will follow. Exactly. Everything else will absolutely fall in place. Think about what's right for students first. And I, and I have to say that, too, for families, because sometimes families don't consider what's right for the sure, kid first. Sure. And it's hard. And, you know, I'll give you a classic example. I have two um, grandchildren who attend Southern Crescent. Okay. And, and I, it was hard for me to say, oh, no, you don't want to do that. Sure. One is, one is a cardiovascular student. And, I mean, she's excited. On fire. Sure. And she said, I said, but you, you, don't you want to go to medical school? She said, if I want to do that, I'll do that later. But right now, this is what I'm interested in. <laughs> and she said, oh, and have you checked to see how much money they can make? 
And see, that's the other thing, too. We don't look at, we look at the prestige of, of a career sure, pathway sure. without really looking at the economic stability <laughs> exactly. that it provides. So a lot of our programs of study out the gate, you can get oh my paid. Gosh. An auto service technician who is really good at it can make a hundred thousand dollars a year. Absolutely. I mean, I'm easy. It's not. There's no question about that. Um, same thing with 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 cardiovascular and nursing, uh, uh, pharmacy tech, tech. They don't. They make living wages, and so there's a lot of opportunity. I think that sometimes goes unnoticed. And remember, I mentioned getting my septic system. Um, mm-hmm. Pumped yesterday. Call a plumber and see what they charge. Oh my gosh, I'm telling you. And a lot of them work for themselves. Right. So they are not just um, have a career as a plumber, but they're business owners. Exactly. And that's tremendous for for our region. And they're local. That's what I was going to say. They're local. 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 They pay taxes Mm -hmm. here. They do everything. They do everything. And they stay in the community. They shop here. They shop here. Exactly. And their children go to schools here. Absolutely. So um, it's a tremendous. What we do is is a tremendous shot in the arm uh, for the community. And if you look at it, you know, in a 360-degree perspective, we are taking students from where they are and getting them to where they should be. Mm -hmm. And what we want at the end of the day is for positive contributors to the community in the workforce as well as the tax base, as well as taking care of us when we're old. <laughs> that is a perfect segue into our bottom of the hour commercial. So, Tony, I'm going to turn it back to you. We'll come back and talk more about getting taken care of when we're old. You're listening to the University of Georgia Griffin Campus News on AM 1450 WKEU in Griffin, Georgia. Also heard on 102.3 FM as well as 88.9 FM, The Rock, Georgia Public Radio at its finest. You can also stream us worldwide on the web at WKEURadio.com and take us with you wherever you go, courtesy the free WKEU app available for all smartphone and tablet devices. Our Thursday morning program continues after this. Frank and Carolyn Harris of Round Oak Resources Tree Farms, We Build Forest, and Murray Company Realty, proud supporters of the University of Georgia Griffin Campus and proud to bring you this installment of the University of Georgia Griffin Campus News over WKEU AM 1450, 102.3 FM, and 88.9 FM, The Rock, Georgia Public Radio at its finest. The Harris's involvement with the students of today ensure for our community a brighter tomorrow. Time now to continue this morning's University of Georgia Griffin Campus News. For that, we will turn to the campus director and assistant provost, Dr. Lou Honeycutt, and his guest this morning, Dr. Alveda Thomas. Thank you, Tony. Welcome back, everybody, to the show. And, you know, I don't even think I said, well, I'll go your president of Southern Crescent Technical College. We started talking like we always do, and I forgot that. So I'm with Alveda Thomas, Dr. Alveda Thomas, president of Southern Crescent Technical College. And, and again, for those who may have just tuned in, you know, we may be saying, why Southern Crescent? This is the Griffin Show. Well, we're the regional show for, for everything we do here. And um, I've told you a lot that, that I see what you do for this community is even more important than what I do because your students stay here, and a lot of ours are, are transient mm-hmm. 
to get a degree at the University of Georgia and move on somewhere else. So um, as we talk along those lines, the we were talking about, well, people take care of us when we're older, which I love that segue to, <laughs> to leave with. But it's true. And then Tony mentioned during the break, and I think it's a great point, a lot of people come back to you or we try to direct them early on if we can into what we would be their happy zone or whatever you want to call it. And I know you've experienced this when I was um, advising students back in Texas. We, I would have mom and a student come in, and mom would say, little Joey's going to be a lawyer. And I would say, little Joey, what do you want to be? I want to be a diesel mechanic. Mm-hmm. I would say, mom, little Joey's not going to be a good lawyer. <laughs> well, his granddad was a lawyer. His dad was a lawyer. He's going to be a lawyer. And if I could get mom and Joey split, we would send him in the diesel mechanic. He'd be happy for the rest of his life. If they forced him into law school, chances mm-hmm. are he would have never finished. But it, it would happen constantly. The expectations were more parental mm-hmm. or family oriented oriented than student oriented so i know you feel this way and if we can it goes back to that genius zone if you can detect early enough or we would have nursing students come in and say i want to be a nurse but i can't stand blood (laughs) then you don't want to be a nurse oh but i do well no you don't i can't deal with people okay you don't probably you know but they just they think because someone's told them you need to be x y and z that that's what they want to be and then the the other component of this if I was young again, if I was 20 years old, I would go out and be certified in every basic skill I could, mm-hmm. like plumbing, electric. Mm-hmm. Because as we talked, you said, you know, see see what it costs to get a, a septic tank uh, pumped. But also to get it scheduled. Yeah. We, I assume moving to this urban area that I would have just – all kinds of skilled people just falling over me to come do work at my house. It is as difficult for me to get someone as it was in rural Texas because they're just so in demand and there's Mm -hmm. so few of them. PhDs are a dime a dozen. The Lou Honeycuts of the world, there's a Mm -hmm. bunch of them. But someone who can fix, you know, certified person Mm -hmm. to fix your electrical system in your house, that they're not, they're very few and far between. So I firmly believe in in promoting skill sets, basic skills particularly because or uh, life skills, if you will, because typically those people stay where they're at. And that's really what we want to promote is that regional progress, mm-hmm. which helps with poverty levels. It helps mm-hmm. with tax base. It helps with – it does nothing but promote. So one of the, the one of the things that I'm really concerned about, and it's not just a problem for this region, but it's a national problem, um, the skillsmen are aging out. Yes, they are. Um, and they're retiring at record numbers. But we don't have kids who are interested in those fields anymore. Right. And so it is harder and harder to find uh, skilled tradesmen um, to, to, for carpentry work or for um, uh, plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and ventilation, um, um, car repair. All of that is very, very challenging to find good, good workers. And this is good work. Uh, electricians. Oh my um, gosh. It's excellent work. And so we have to do, I think, a better job of informing kids early on about careers. So they don't know. If you walk into an elementary school and you poll kids, more than likely they're going to say, I want to be a doctor, a lawyer. Right. Sometimes a police officer. Right. Or fireman, or maybe. Fireman, <laughs> basketball player, <laughs> football player, exactly. now soccer player. Yep. But that's what they see. Right. They don't see the plumber or the electrician or or the auto uh, service technician. Right. They don't, or they might even say they want to be a nurse. Sure, sure. Or a dentist. These they they want to be what they see. Right. And so we have to do a better job of um, showing children these careers early on so that they will have that career aspiration um, and that they'll understand that it is um, a career that can support them and their families and support them very, very well, sometimes better than some other careers that they thought were great careers. Absolutely. Um, So... um, I think that's that's one thing that's that's important that we should could and should do better. Um, really helping young people understand career options. The other thing is, um, I've had a lot of mentors in my lifetime, and one of my mentors was um, uh, at a um, charter school in Minnesota. Okay, and Minnesota was the home of the first 
charter school. Oh, very cool. So this was actually the second one. And um, it was Skills for Tomorrow Charter High School. And it was a partnership with the Teamsters Union, believe it or not. Wow. And and I asked the lady who hired me, her name was Tess Tiernan, and she just passed away recently. But te- I said, Tess, you know, going into this and talking to students, how do we tell them what career that they should choose? She said, you don't. She said, I tell them, do what they love. Do what you love, yep. And if you do what you love, then that's the career choice for you. And that... I've never forgotten that. That that was um, a long, long time ago. And I'm, <laughs> you said a long, long time ago. But I've never forgotten um, those words. They, if they, they should do what they love first. And the and when they're young is when they can choose to do it. Don't mm-hmm. wait till you're 56 like That's I am, right. and then choose to do what you love. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work. But mm-hmm. but I think the other and I to add to what you just said. We definitely need to target the kids, but we also need to target the families because what yes. we ran into in Texas, and I know y'all do too, mm-hmm. is this idea that oh, I don't want it to be a plumber. That's yeah. second. That's second yeah. tier. That's mm-hmm. it is not. It is such a critical need, and and so well respected. Yeah. All the skill sets are mm-hmm. that even probably maybe more so than PhDs and EDDs mm-hmm. and all that because mm-hmm. there are so many of them. Yeah. And, and I, I, I hearken back to the Roman Empire when the top, when it became so top-heavy mm-hmm. with all the rich and all the high-level, that's when it crumbled. It toppled <laughs> over because it was too heavy at the There top. was no one at the bottom doing the work. <laughs> yeah. We, we've yeah. got to, to get past that and educate the region, mm-hmm. educate pa- families, mm-hmm. and certainly target mm-hmm. kids. And I always said fourth graders, we, that's what we targeted back in Texas, to mm-hmm. start branding them yeah. to say, you know, to say, number one, you can do this. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is within your grasp. Exposure to all types of careers. To everything, exactly. And to have a welder. I was in the oil field area of Texas, and welders were making two and three times what I did as an administrator. Mm -hmm. And in our fourth grade all the way up through high school meetings, we always had skills people there. Mm -hmm. And the welders would say, last year I cleared $160,000. And this Mm -hmm. was 12, 15 years ago. $160,000 was a lot more money back then. And and, and they still do. Exactly. And these kids, their eyes would just light up, and they'd say, and I only had to go for a year and a half to get mm-hmm. whatever it it we wanted to start that process and we would do it at parent nights as well yeah. and kind of started changing the dynamic of saying wait a minute and then because parents want their most of the time want their kids to stay local yeah they do. <laughs> so mine they wanted do. me to move as far as i longer. could away and i did it now they regret <laughs> it but but uh, there's a reason for that but um most want them to stay close closer yeah. or at least in the region mm-hmm. this is a way to do it get a mm-hmm. skill get and so our job really is to educate the student as well as the family um, so that the family can be supportive of the student's decision. Because I tell you, I've seen it a lot in my, in my career where you have adults who come back to a technical college because they didn't follow their first dream. Exactly. And they usually did what they did because the parent told them to do sure. it. So they either finish and they're miserable in the job and they come back to do what they originally wanted to do, or or they go off and spend two years in a four-year institution mm-hmm. somewhere and, and waste a lot of money only to come back to do what they loved to do in the beginning. And so helping parents to understand that is important. The other group that we've had to work really hard to create an understanding with are people in high schools who counsel students. Sure, sure. Um, High school counselors play a tremendous role in helping students kind of get it figured out. And so getting counselors to understand the various options has been really a priority for us as well. And so we host a counselor's luncheon or breakfast um, every at least annually, and then we have a team of recruiters who are really who really have developed a close relationship with all of the high schools in our service area, so that um, we can answer questions and provide important information, so that they can then share that information with students. And so I was so proud this time. Our average age student used to be about twenty seven. Okay, but this fall I'm walking the halls. And I'm seeing all these young kids, and I'm thinking either I'm older or they're getting younger, one of the two. But but much younger group of kids, awesome. and I got tickled with myself because there was a young man walking down the hall, and somebody called me on it the other day because I didn't realize anybody heard me. And I looked at the young man, I said, "Hey, 
pre-pants up. Oh! <laughs> and he, he kind of looked at me and smiled. He had a little twinkle in his eye. He said, oh, my bad. Yes, ma'am. Good for oh, you. Oh, my bad. Yes, ma'am. Good and he pulled you. him up. That's and awesome. then the next time I saw him, saw him in the hallway, he looked at me. He pulled him up before I could say anything. <laughs> I love it. But, um, you know, that's a good problem to have because that's one of the things that um, I wanted to do. I want students to make well-informed career choices early on because when they don't, they stay out for three or four years. Right. And when they come back, then there's this whole remedial education that has to happen. The math skills are rusty. The science skills are rusty. The the, um, critical thinking skills are rusty. The computer technology skills are rusty. Absolutely. And so we have to reteach all of that. And so that's, and I don't mind reteaching it. Sure. But it's more time that the student has to spend in school. We want them to get to completion as quickly as possible. So the less time they spend in the classroom and the more time they spend in the lab is great for us. Absolutely. That's kind of what what we want to do. Um, So the counselors are very, very important to this. The other thing is um, the superintendents Mm -hmm. are important. And so I maintain a relationship with all the superintendents in our service area. Sure. We're active with the RISA in the area. As a matter of fact, I met with Dr. Gordy on yesterday, you know, really talking about um, working together. And there is a, um, uh, a, a symposium at the RISA in Griffin today okay. that includes representatives from all of the um, p- um, um, high school systems, and then I sent representatives too because I felt like they needed to be in a room with each other. Sure. So a, a lot of work, a lot of collaboration, a lot of partnership, um, but I don't ever want to lose sight of the fact that you and I are partners, Absolutely. business and industry partner. Right. The the secondary system is a partner. Jim Smith is certainly a strong partner oh, for absolutely. all of us. But the family is a partner in this whole process. Right. So we don't look at that in, in, as the family, at the family in isolation. Sure. The other thing I want to bring up, Lou, is that we have strong support, student support services. So we have a career academic uh, advisement and placement center. Okay. That we have a team of people who are there to talk to students and guide them, not just the first time they come on campus, but also if sometimes life happens and, and, and faculty notice that students are struggling. And so if they notice that a student is struggling, they submit that student's name to a navigator. Okay. Who then reaches out to the student, a personal touch reach out to us and say, hey, I understand you're missing a lot of class. What's going on? Sometimes it's an academic reason. Sure. I didn't quite understand it. If it's that, then we got them to tutoring. If it's a family issue, right. then we look for community services that might support them. So it's a, a, a full approach, a well-rounded approach that we take um, at Southern Crescent to making sure that the student is successful. So student success is key to what we do. We build strong students, strong careers, and strong communities. And I say that over and over and over again. And and underneath all of that is a, that student success component. If we don't have that support, disability services, oh, absolutely. you know, all of those things um, for students, then we're not doing our jobs. No, it, the student success is the is the the outcome, and and that's really been a change probably in higher education in the last twenty to twenty five years. Yeah. When I was in school, oh. you you were a, a seat in a chair or a mm-hmm. butt in a chair, mm-hmm. and you listened to what they said. You wrote it down and you spit and it you back out, and you regurgitated, and that's it. And that's all you were supposed to do. Yeah. If you try that now. You're going to get called on every turn, by, mm-hmm. and it's a good thing by students who you they need engagement. They, they need, need engagement, and they need that. They need to know that Alveda Thomas and Lou Honeycutt care about them outside of mm-hmm. the classroom mm-hmm. too. So I love the fact, and we do the same thing with counselors. We, Crystal McDowell, my assistant director of student affairs, came to me four years ago and said, "Hey, I think we need to try to figure out a way to budget in a counselor." And my my knee jerk reaction was, mm-hmm. "Well, do you think our students have problems? They're juniors," and she's like. Yeah, well, I think you're going to be surprised. So we did. We we did a contract uh, to do this. It was kind of the first the university had done for an extended campus. Mm-hmm. We got it done. It the we had an incredible counselor. We're just starting mm-hmm. our second one because our other one retired. But 
the the bookings for mm-hmm. the counselor have been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily major issues. Mm-hmm. It's just I need to talk some, to someone about X. Mm-hmm. So it's been incredible, but it added that one more aspect to student success. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're having a trouble at home, you're probably not going to be very successful. Mm-hmm. So so we're going to take another break real quick. We're going to come back, continue to talk about Southern Crescent. What's up? What's next for Southern Crescent? What's happening in the future? And we will come back and do that in just a minute. Frank and Carolyn Harris of Round Oak Resources Tree Farms, We Build Forest, and Murray Company Realty, proud supporters of the University of Georgia Griffin Campus and proud to bring you this installment of the University of Georgia Griffin Campus News over WKEU AM 1450, 102.3 FM, and 88.9 FM, The Rock, Georgia Public Radio at its finest. The Harris's involvement with the students of today ensure for our community a brighter tomorrow. In news and announcements from the University of Georgia Griffin Campus, the Dundee Cafe, located in the heart of the UGA Griffin Campus, offers fresh culinary delights for breakfast and lunch Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. until 3 p.m., along with take-home pre-ordered casseroles, which are off the chain. Chef Marcy Bradbury and her team from From the Farm prepare scrumptious meals daily and offer specialty coffee served both inside and on the outside veranda. The Dundee Cafe is a welcoming place to meet and eat for the entire community. The campus store, located on the first floor of the Flint Building at 1109 Experiment Street, has new UGA and Georgia Bulldog items arriving weekly. Get yours to get prepared for the 2019 football season, which is just around the corner. The shelves are currently stocked with officially licensed apparel, souvenir, and gifts. These campus store hours are Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. You can schedule your own UGA Griffin Campus tour. Visit the UGA Griffin Campus website to schedule a tour and learn all you can about the UGA degrees offered right here on the Griffin Campus. Or if you'd like, feel free to simply schedule a time to come out and see all the wonderful aspects of the campus. Visit www.griffin.uga.edu and click the campus tour link. For information on degrees offered at the University of Georgia Griffin Campus and information on current undergraduate and graduate degrees offered through the five colleges, visit griffin.uga.edu or call 770-412-4400. Time now to dot the I's and cross the T's on this week's University of Georgia Griffin Campus News. Here's our host, Dr. Lou Honeycutt. Thank you, Tony. Welcome back, everybody. I am visiting with a very close personal friend of mine and the president of Southern Crescent Technical College, Dr. Alveda Thomas. So welcome back. Thank you. And we have been talking lots of things. I used to frustrate Elizabeth a lot because she'd write all these questions and I'd never look at it. But I actually looked down and saw one that I want to talk to you about. But let's talk about the – we've been talking about everything, Southern Crescent, uh, Gordon, University of Georgia Griffin, the regional aspect, the student success, everything. So we've we've kind of rolled it all up in a great ball. But let's talk about what's, what's next for Southern Crescent. What's some of the future endeavors? And I know you've opened some new buildings recently, mm-hmm. and you're going to be opening some more, which yeah. is incredible. Yeah. But what's next? So we've, you know, we've opened the film and technology building at Ellis Crossing, and that's that's a huge success, and we want to continue um, to to make that program successful. So I want students to know about that program. Of course, we've opened a new building in Henry County, right? Um, and so we've ha- we have some new programs. Cardiovascular technology is one of those new programs. Water technician technology is another oh, one. Very of cool. Water is so Oh so important. Um, and so those are s- s- some new programs. Um, Southern Crescent now, what we'd like to do is to have more community engagement. Okay. So we're working uh, more closely for veterans and with veterans. Wow. Okay. Um, so we have strong veterans programs. And we also have other student life programs um, like athletics. So support Southern Crescent Technical College basketball. There you go. We have a men's basketball team and a women's basketball team. And our basketball players are not just basketball players. They're scholars, too. Wow. So they have excelled in both. 
both academics and athletics. And so we're very, very proud of our men's and women's basketball, and I hope that you will support Southern Crescent sure. um, basketball. Um, we have um, student organizations. Um, uh, Phi Beta Lambda is one of our student organizations, a great, great organization. Um, th- we have a strong student government association. Okay. Um, as a matter of fact, we had a blood drive on campus yesterday. So community engagement, we want our students in the community. Our carpentry students are um, working on a house. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, for Square Foot Ministries. Yes. And so we, we – Veterans. Four veterans, Which yeah. is incredible. Yeah. So we want to be engaged not just um, on the college campus and with our secondary and post-secondary partners. We also want to be engaged in the community, and we're, we're delighted to do that. Um, I know we have just a short period of time left, but I, there's something I need to say before Absolutely. I forget it. Um, coming to Griffin was a longtime dream of mine, and I looked at the old Griffin Tech. That was kind of sure. a place that I wanted to work because I live in, in Fayette County. So this is the first time that I'm really kind of working in the area that I in which I live. So that's a delight. But I do not want to close without saying that I have a huge level of family support. Uh, my family supports uh, what we do here, so they are all in. My husband sure. AJ is definitely one hundred percent all in. I have two 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 children, one that lives in the area, the adult kids, one that lives in the area, but another that lives in Michigan, and we're both very very proud of them. Sure. Um, uh, one is a computer person, the other is a is a is a law enforcement. Oh, believe awesome. it or not, the girl is a law enforcement, and then we have three grandchildren, and so we're very I'm very very proud of my family, but they've had to sacrifice me not being there sometimes sure and that's and but but because of the work that's being done i think the sacrifice has been been well worth it and um i I think that they have grown well into the sacrifice and are now accepting especially the grandchildren that unto whom much is given um, much is required, Absolutely. which is the lesson that I would like for them to learn. But um, I could not uh, let this end without thanking uh, my family for their sacrifice and support in order to to allow me to do to do this work every day. Oh, that's awesome! I mean, I think and I think what what you you said is what usually I, I start the program with when I'm talking to people. And we got started talking. I forgot about yeah. it, but to me. I was very fortunate, and a lot of people aren't, to have extremely strong mentors mm-hmm. in my life and throughout oh, yes. my career. And I think that's what – I know that's how you and I are, mm-hmm. are copacetic on this. If we if we don't address the mentoring issues that mm-hmm. we have in mm-hmm. with all walks of life yeah. in the country right now, I don't know what we're going to do because know. there just aren't the Alvettas and the Lou's mm-hmm. and the Tonys and the mm-hmm. people that can – can be kind of held up as examples mm-hmm. because of what kids are, what they see. Just like yeah. we talked about, they see sports legends mm-hmm. that then become criminals or mm-hmm. whatever might happen. Mm-hmm. And that's, we didn't grow up with that. Yeah. And we grew yeah. up with John Wayne. Mm-hmm. And I mean, people mm-hmm. that they yeah. were, it was on the screen, that but we they were, look up to. We, we looked yeah. up to them. Right. Yeah. And we had grandparents and parents mm-hmm. and all. And so I think if we, and I know you're doing that, I think with all the things yeah. that you're doing with student success, we're really, you have become just like telling the kid to pull his pants up Mm -hmm. you have become the mentor for Mm -hmm. a whole lot of people Mm -hmm. whether you know it or not yeah for the kids as well as for um people who want to progress in their career areas i mean you gotta you that's important you've got to help others and as i mentioned my mentor from minnesota but she wasn't the only mentor i had a strong mentor at a mentor at atlanta tech who told me i could be a president i wouldn't be a president (laughs) today if it wasn't for brenda jones telling me one day look thomas you're going to be a president i never thought about it. it was not something that was a career goal for me. Um, I had never managed a lot of people before I became a vice president. And my husband, who had managed hundreds of people in retail, helped me to learn more about management because I didn't know about management. I knew about education. I didn't know about management. It's tough to manage people. And it's tough to manage people. But he was very, very instrumental and helpful in helping me to understand how to manage large numbers of people. Right. So, um you 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 have to receive mentorship, but you also have to be a good mentor. That's really important. You don't exist in a vacuum. You and I have talked about this before. We have all always got to be thinking about the next person exactly. and the next level 
And so even within our organizations, we're looking looking at people who work with us and for us to say, hey, you know, what's your next step? And how can I get you to the next step? So that's really important. Exactly. What mm-hmm. a great way to end. What a positive yeah. note to end on. But Alveda, as always, I enjoy talking to you anytime we talk. But thank you for being on here with me today. And I guess, Tony, that'll do it for us today. We'll be back with you next week. Thank you for having me. The, you've been listening to the University of Georgia Griffin Campus News on the WKEU platform of stations. Dr. Honeycutt's going to take a 167-hour break. The countdown is on. He'll be back next week, Thursday morning, 9 a.m., for the next installment of the UGA Griffin Campus News. Frank and Carolyn Harris of Round Oak Resources Tree Farms, We Build Forest, and Murray Company Realty, proud supporters of the University of Georgia Griffin Campus and proud to bring you this installment of the University of Georgia Griffin Campus News over WKEU AM 1450, 102.3 FM, and 88.9 FM, The Rock, Georgia Public Radio at its finest. The Harris's involvement with the students of today ensure for our community a brighter tomorrow. You've been listening to the University of Georgia Griffin News, a program to keep our listeners updated on the exciting and varied activities at the UGA Griffin campus with Dr. Lou Honeycutt and his guests. The program is heard each Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on WKU AM 1450, 102.3 FM, and also The Rock 88.9 FM, and streamed live on our website, wkuradio.com. Today's program has been made possible by... Frank and Carolyn Harris of Round Oak Resources Tree Farms and Murray and Company Realtors. Join us next Thursday at 9 o'clock a.m. for the University of Georgia Griffin News.